to sit at your feet tonight to hear your word. Lord, we ask that you will give us a hearing ear and an understanding heart. We pray that we will experience the ministry of the word of God. The ministry of the sword of the spirit which divides asunder of the joints and marrows the spirit and the soul the word of God which cuts this way and that way let the word have full effect tonight in accordance with your will I pray Lord that I would decrease that you might increase I pray that you will speak and not I, O oh God. Let Jesus be seen. Let Jesus be heard. Let Jesus be magnified. Let Jesus be glorified tonight. In Jesus' name, Amen. We put our hands together as we take our seats. Hallelujah. I'm grateful to the senior pastor for the opportunity to share with the church. Once again, tonight and God willing tomorrow, we will be looking at the subject, making eternity your pursuit. Making eternity your pursuit. And we want to trust God tonight to lay the foundation to set a few things in motion. And God willing, tomorrow we would receive the ministration also from Pastor Bimpong. Hallelujah. Making eternity your pursuit. First of all, we just want to understand what eternity means. Eternity. You know, sometimes we can get so used to certain words or certain phrases that sometimes we are excited about the words but we don't really understand or appreciate what it fully means and eternity is one of the common words we hear or we hear of in christendom eternity so we want to understand what eternity means the dictionary defines eternity to mean without beginning or end without beginning or end it also means endless time or timelessness so eternity is the realm of timelessness that means that in eternity there's nothing like time as we know it no beginning no end endless time infinite hallelujah the word one of the words translated as eternity in the bible is the hebrew word called olam o-l-a-m and it also indicates that eternity means an unlimited duration unlimited hallelujah so when we talk about eternity, we are talking about the realm 
which has no beginning and end as we know it. It's a realm of timelessness. Endless time. It also means a realm of unlimited duration. That is what eternity means. Hallelujah. Making eternity your pursuit. So, we need to understand that you and I are living in the realm of time. We are living on earth. We are living in a realm where there are limitations of all sorts. Hallelujah. A day has 24 hours. A week has seven days. A month has typically four weeks. Maybe sometimes five. A year has 365 days. Sometimes 366, if it's a leap year. We are living in a realm of time. Where we are governed by certain physical laws and rules. Like gravity. When you jump up, you come down. When the sun rises, the sun comes down at a certain time. So we have a certain window within which to operate. But in eternity, there is nothing like time. It is endless. No beginning, no end. Unlimited duration. Where the laws of nature as we know it do not operate there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, I said hallelujah. Now, I would also like to mention that when we look at the subject, making eternity your pursuit, I want to talk about the two sides of eternity. The two sides of eternity. Number one, we have eternity without God. Hallelujah. There is eternity without God. Meaning that there is a place of an endless life without God. Hallelujah. Eternity without God. We are looking at the two sides of eternity. There is eternity without God and there is eternity with God. Hallelujah. In Psalm 9, verse 17, the Bible says something very interesting. Psalm 9, verse 17. The wicked shall be turned into hell and all the nations that forget God. Now, hell is in the realm of timelessness. Hell is eternity without God. Hallelujah. It is a place, eternity without God is characterized by suffering, by pain, anguish, regret, tears, 
sorrow, fear, panic, everything negative you can think of. It's on the side of eternity without God. So when the Bible says the wicked shall be turned into hell and all the nations that forget God, the Bible is indicating that those who do not know the Lord, those who are not saved, those who are evil, those who are not born again, those who do not believe in the sonship of the Lord Jesus Christ, in the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, those who have not led their lives to please the Lord, and all the nations that forget God, they will find themselves in an endless life after this one. A realm of timelessness, characterized by suffering, pain, anguish, sorrow, tears, regret, darkness, Fear, panic. And you know what? It is endless. Think about it for a moment. It is endless. It means that it will not end. It will never end. Isn't it not scary? Never ending. Eternity without God. In Matthew 25, verse 46, Jesus also said something about this eternity without God. Matthew 25, verse 46. And these will go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. But these will go into everlasting punishment. Everlasting. Ever and lasting. It means it's lasting ever. Everlasting punishment. May the Lord be merciful unto us. May the Lord strengthen us. May the Lord help us to escape eternity without God. In Second Thessalonians, Chapter 1, verse 9. We also see a certain little picture about eternity without God. Second Thessalonians 1, 9. These shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of His power. So this is also talking about everlasting destruction. Eternity without God. Hallelujah. The two sides of eternity. Eternity without God, which is everlasting punishment, everlasting suffering, everlasting destruction, never ending. There's also eternity with God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so when we are talking about making eternity our pursuit, we are referring to this eternity with God. Hallelujah. We are talking about pursuing an eternity with God. Hallelujah. In Philippians chapter 1, verse 23, 
Apostle Paul describes a situation he found himself in. He was living in the realm of time with all the limitations, with all the troubles, with all the trials, with all the issues. He said, I am hard pressed between the two. Having a desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better. So Paul was saying that he found himself caught in between the two. He had had wonderful experiences of heaven. He had had wonderful, a, a wonderful foretaste of what eternity with God can be like. Hallelujah. The Bible says, he said, one day, he said, I knew a man many years ago who was caught up into the third heavens. And the things that that man saw, the mouth cannot utter. They are unspeakable. They are wonderful. They are beyond imagination. They are beyond comprehension. So after all of these experiences, after seeing all that was happening in this world, he said, I am between two opinions. To be with Christ, which is far better, which is incomparable, or to be here in the realm of time. When you go on to the next verse, you'll find out that he said, if I am still here, if I'm still around, it is for your benefit or for your profit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In John eleven twenty five, a very popular scripture. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. In the original King James, he said, though he were dead, yet shall he live. So Jesus was indicating that when our lives here within the realms of time have ended, when physical death shows up, those who have trusted in Jesus, those who have believed in Jesus, they would have life everlasting with Him. Hallelujah. So this is the eternity that we are focusing on. This is the eternity with God is what we want to make our pursuit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Finally, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 17. 1 Thessalonians 4, 17. It also gives another picture. It says, this is talking about the rapture. We read it last week. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus, we shall always be with the Lord. In other translations, it says that we shall forever be with the Lord. So eternity with God is an endless life with God Almighty. Hallelujah. Eternity with God is a place of everlasting joy. Eternity with God is a place... Where there will be no more sorrow, crying, nor pain. In Revelation 21 verse 4. Revelation 21 verse 4. 
The Bible says, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Ladies and gentlemen, I came to tell you that there is a place that God is inviting us to. There is an endless life where every pain, every sorrow, every heartbreak, every issue, every trouble, every sickness, every challenge we have ever battled with, there is a place of no more. There is a place of no more tears. There is a place of no more sorrow. There is a place of no more crying. There is a place of no more sickness. There is a place where we no more have to go for consultation with the doctor. There is no more, there is a place where you will no more have a doctor's report telling you that for the rest of your life you have to be on this medication. There is a place where there is no sickness. Eternity with God. May we strive to enter into this place. May we strive to enter through the narrow gate. For straight is the way and straight is the gate that leads to life. And the Bible says, few there be who find it. Eternity with God is also a place of rewards. For God is not unjust. That he should forget our labor of love, which we have shown unto the saints. Eternity is a place of great rewards. Everything that you are doing from the depths of your heart, for his name's sake, for his kingdom's sake, for the sake of the cross, for the advancement of the gospel, for somebody to stand in Christ. There is no labor, we will labor for the kingdom with a heart of love that will not be rewarded. Somebody shout a big amen. It's a place of rewards. Nobody may have noticed your efforts. Nobody may have necessarily seen the weight of your labor. But I am telling you that there is someone who is gathering our works. There is someone who is seeing all that we do. The Bible says a man called Epaphras. The Bible says he labored fervently for the saints. That they will stand perfect and complete in the will of God. And if God is not unjust, that he should forget our labor of love. The Bible is teaching us that there is a place where our labors will be rewarded. That is the main thing. We may receive some rewards here, around. But the main thing is in eternity with God. In James 1.12, the Bible talks about one of the types of rewards. Blessed is a man who endures temptation. For when he has been approved, 
he will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him. In 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 8, Apostle Paul was given a rundown at the end of his life. He said, finally, this is after he has said, I have fought the good fight. I have run the race. I have finished my course. He said, finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day. And not to me only, but also all who have loved his appearing. So ladies and gentlemen, as we steadfastly look unto the coming of the Lord, as we steadfastly continue to prepare ourselves for his coming, as we continue to live for God, as we continue to serve him in spirit and in truth, one day we will be ushered into this eternity with God where we will receive the crown of righteousness. He said, not to me alone, but to everyone who loves his appearing. Can you shout a big amen? In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. Each one's work will become clear. So the work that we are doing, our labor of love, our sacrifices for the kingdom, the Bible says each one's work will become clear. For the day will declare it. Because it will be revealed by fire. And the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. Verse 14. If anyone's work which he has built on it endures, he will receive a reward. So my brother, don't give up. You may be laboring in prayer in your closet. Nobody sees. Nobody knows. But he who sees in secret. I said he who sees in secret. The Bible says he will reward us openly. Eternity with God is a place of endless worship. If you think the worship in church is wild, is great, is awesome, it cannot compare to what will take place in eternity. Somebody say hallelujah. A place of worship, of true worship. When millions and perhaps billions of saints who have made it, joining together with the angels, the various classes of angels, cherubims, seraphims, four living creatures, 24 elders, Bowing down to worship him who sits on the throne. And the lamb that was slain from the foundations of the world. A place of worship. When 
you know, here on earth, we worship by faith. Hallelujah. We worship by faith. Based on the word of God. But a day is coming when we will see him as he is. We will not need testing Mike 1 2. The worship will burst out naturally, it will burst out out of us. Maybe on earth you think you had a voice which did not merit the choir. Oh, that day in eternity with God, we will all be choristers. We will all be worshippers. We will all lift up a song, crying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. And we will join the angels as we lift up our voices and we sing, Amen, Amen. Blessings and glory. Wisdom times given. Oh, power and might belongs to our God. This is the song in heaven. Forever and ever. I power and might, power and might. Oh, You will look at yourself with your glorified body. No more wrinkles. No more freckles. No more pimples. No more migraines. No more heart palpitation. No more asthma. You will look at yourself. And you say, Lord, is this a dream? Amen, amen. You, you, you just worship. You say, God, I made it. You will look back and see that all the trials and the issues, they were light afflictions compared to the weight of glory that we will encounter. Eternity with God. Eternity with God is also a place of reunion with the saints we knew on earth in our lifetime. Some of our brethren, I believe, have gone on ahead of us. They have joined the cloud of witnesses in the heavens. Some of them left us without notice, without sign, 
sudden. Some went through other means. But one day, by the grace of God, by the grace of God, we believe we will see them again. On the side of eternity with God, The saints of old we have read about. Osofu always says that one day when we make it, we have to look for the thief on the cross. Maybe he'll be part of the honorary delegation. We will meet Stephen, who in the midst of the persecution said, I see the Son of God standing. On the right hand of the Father. We will see David and say, Hey! Brother David. So in spite of all the mistakes you made, you had a heart to always go back to God and confess. We will see Abraham, the father of faith. Say, Abi. Charlie, you force wow. <laughs> hey! 25 years waiting for a promise. How did you become the friend of God? We will see the saints of old. We will meet James, who was killed by the edge of the sword of Herod in the prime of his life. Who entered the kingdom as a martyr? We will see John the Beloved who rested on the bosom of Jesus. Who on the island of Patmos received what we now have as the book of Revelations. Who saw things to come. In Ephesians chapter 3 verse 15, the Bible makes us understand that we have a family. He said, from whom, this is talking about Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. So covenant family, as we sit here as a family, we are not complete. Because our other family members are on the other side. Hallelujah. And the Bible says that they without us, cannot be made complete or perfected. So you have a family in heaven. Hallelujah. It will be a reunion. A great reunion. Hallelujah. Some of the things we did not understand on this side of life it will all become clear so the two arms of eternity eternity without God eternity with God where would you want to be where will you have to be 
I believe that when we are talking about making eternity your pursuit, we are talking about pursuing an eternity with God. Hallelujah. Relatives and loved ones who died in the Lord. Who died in the Lord. They are there. So you and I who are alive and remain, we need to always ask the Lord to help us. You know, when we come for funerals and we sing, God be with you till we meet again. It's a very nice hymn, eh? It's wonderful. But it's not automatic. Hallelujah! Because if the person died in the Lord and has made it to the eternity with God, you and I, whatever time we have left here, we need to stay focused on the Lord. We still need to overcome temptation and all the troubles of this world so that we can actually be able to meet them again. Hallelujah! In Jesus' name. What did Jesus say about eternity? You know, Jesus made several references Referring to eternity with God and eternity without God. From the mouth of the one who lives in eternity. Hallelujah. Amen. There is supposed to be an Akan adage that if what? If a frog comes out of water and tells you there is a crocodile, you should believe it. Is that, is that how it goes? So from the man... Who lives in eternity? The things that he said about eternity, you better believe it. You better embrace it. What did Jesus say about eternity? He gave us a wonderful promise in John chapter 14, from verse 1 to 3. He said, Let not your heart be troubled. Mama, don't let your heart be troubled. Sister, don't let your heart be troubled. Brother, don't let your heart be troubled. He said, you believe in God. Believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. I want to mention that we know in part and we prophesy in part. We have pictures and glimpses about eternity. Let us apply our heart in faith. Somebody said, if there's a God, where is he? Have you seen your brain before? But you believe you have a brain. You have a heart, you have lungs. 
But you haven't seen it before. But you believe that something is pumping. So we are testifying of that which is written. The Bible says in the book of John chapter 20, it said, These are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. So he said, In my Father's house. Now this is very mysterious. He said, In my Father's house. House sounds singular. And yet, in my Father's house are many mansions. Wow. He is preparing mansions for us. A place of rest for us. Rest from the toil. Rest from the labor. In my father's house are many mansions. And he said he's preparing a place for us. In John 3.16. We all know John 3.16. What does it say? For God so loved the world. That he gave his only begotten son. That whoever believes in him should not perish. But have everlasting life. Everlasting life with God. Everlasting life in the presence of God. Endlessly. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6. Verses 19 to 21. He was comparing the temporariness of this life. Of this time zone. To a place of total security. He said, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth. Where moth and rust destroy. And where thieves break in and steal. There is a place where you don't need beggar proof. You didn't hear what I said. There is a place where there will no more be fear. He said, verse 20, But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. Have you ever seen an old coin Maybe somewhere in your wardrobe. Maybe it was stuck in one of your trousers or something. And one day you are looking for, you know, some loose cash. And you find this coin, 50 Ghana pesos. And you are like, ah, the thing is rusted. Your nice gold necklace. Kumadie. Your jewelry box. Are the women, are the mothers, are the women in the house? Oh. When you can't find the, the, other, the other of the pair of earrings. You know, when Jesus gave the parable that when a woman's whatever is lost, and how she will comb the whole house to find it, to sweep and to find it. You know, when you read it in the Bible, it's as if it's a story. <laughs> But you realize that it's true. He wasn't lying. He said, where rust, 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 rust. Where thieves can break through and steal. You open your wardrobe. And some 
wax print or some whatever that you bought, just two years. Uben who said na bibi akim. Na seni adiena kemuno. You realize that it's condemned. You can't use it again. Like, oh man, that's your lace. In the corner, uh-huh, I can see, yes, in the corner, the lace, that white lace. You even try to share over much tree home. But the day that you were ready to release it to your seamstress, you realize that there are other owners who just come to play around. And you look at it, you're like, One day, somebody had a dream or a vision and he was caught up to heaven. And in the dream, it was as, as it were he had taken some gold from this earth. And the angel asked him, what are you carrying? He said, oh, this is some gold from, uh, from the earth, where I'm coming from. He said, go, this is gold? He said, in heaven, this is the quota. Because the Bible says the streets are made of gold. Wow. So what we treasure, what we esteem on this earth, the valuable, thank God, the Lord blesses us, He empowers us to own a home, to own a vehicle. and See it as temporal and, and fleeting. We are not saying that be irresponsible towards it. Don't wash the car. Don't do, no, 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 no. Take it. Do what you have to do. But see it as temporal. I'm a steward. It's in my hands temporarily. It will be passed on. I saw a picture yesterday or two days ago of somebody who was being buried in a car. I, I don't know which country. I think Nigeria or so. Hammer. A vehicle called Hammer. That was the coffin. The, the real cow. To go to eternity. <laughs> we are encouraging the looters. Because this thing will not last 24 hours. Somebody needs the car to use. So you are going to eternity. So you have 50 cities and share the way anymore. Or quite now. Or they are tons you or quite so. In CEO. Go and ask the rich man in Luke chapter 16 or so. He says, send! Let Lazarus dip his hand in water and quench my thirst. Buy. Or to pay your passage. I read another interesting story. Somebody, had, they had to put money inside. so that They said they used to bribe at the gates. Say, who are you? Is this our mind? That you will bribe your way all through the earth. And then when you exit, you can bribe an angel. Because 
<laughs> so Jesus said we should not lay up for ourselves treasures on earth, but treasures in heaven. In Mark chapter 9, verse 43 to 48, he, he, let me just paraphrase. He said, if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. For it is better to enter into life without a hand, one hand, than to enter into hell as a full complement being. He said, if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. What was he saying? The hand is an integral part of your body. It's fixed. It's stuck. Blood vessels are connected. Nerves and all of that. It's an integral part of your body. Your eyes are an integral part. What Jesus was saying was that anything that has become affixed to your life, which as it were, is an integral part of your being, if that thing will cause you to lose eternity with God, bros, deal with it. Into Job, no, I'm He said, I have made a covenant with my eyes. Why then should I look upon a maid? When you read the book of Job, you'll find it. Job was a rich man. Job was blessed. The Bible says he was one of the richest and the wisest men of the East. So you can imagine the kind of attention he had. Whatever he wanted, he could have. But he said, eh, I have made a covenant with my eyes. Why then should I look upon a maid? He said, we must make some personal decisions for the sake of an eternity with God. If your hand causes you to sin, your feet, your eyes, deal with it. If even it means a harsh and astringent decision. These are some of the things that Jesus said about eternity. As we prepare to close. Eternity is real. Eternity without God Eternity with God are all very real. Somebody said, well, me, except I experience and I believe it, you know, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to believe it. You know? Seeing is believing. Apart from a few select people, out of billions of people on earth, that God in His sovereignty allowed to have a foretaste of either heaven or hell. Majority of us, 99.99%, may never have such an experience. All we have is the written word. We better believe it and walk and work with it. In Luke chapter 16 from verse 19 to 31, Jesus seemed to suggest by that story he told about the rich man and Lazarus that in eternity 
in a certain sense, our senses will still be aware and alive. In that story, the rich man, he remembered that he had five brothers on earth. How did he remember? It means his sense was there. He said, I have five brothers on earth. The sense was there. He said, I am tormented in this flame. It means you could feel it. He said, let him dip his finger and touch my tongue with a drop of water. So that story indicates to us he was now an evangelist in hell. He says, send. I'm prepared to push the mission to save my five brothers. So, he was in a place of regret. May the Lord help us. In the name of Jesus. As we close, Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 11. I want to read it from the NLT and from the Amplified. Ecclesiastes 3, 11. Yet God has made everything beautiful for its time, He has planted eternity. In the human heart. But even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. Let me read it from the Amplified. He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also planted eternity in men's hearts and minds. A divinely implanted sense of a purpose working through the ages. Which nothing under the sun... But God alone can satisfy. So in every human heart, look, people who even call themselves atheists, they are not honest with themselves. Because the Bible says, He has planted in every human heart eternity. There is a sense that we don't belong here. There is a sense that there is a world greater than that which we can see and feel in the heart of every other man. He says, he has also planted eternity in men's hearts and minds. A divinely implanted sense of a purpose working through the ages, which nothing under the sun but God alone can satisfy. Yet, so that men cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. He planted eternity in our hearts. There is a sense that there is a world beyond ours. There is a life beyond this. Even those who claim and say, Uwanasa, deep within their hearts, on their beds, after they've done everything that they have to do, only God knows the shakings that happen in them. 
there is a sense that there is a life beyond this one. And it is only when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, who is the way, the truth, and the life, that we would be assured that we are headed into the right direction. And we are assured of making it to eternity with God. God is an eternal God. In Psalm 90 verse 2, the Bible says that even before the mountains were from everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. So because God lives in eternity, that's why the Bible says a day before him is like a thousand years. And a thousand years is like a day. He, he doesn't live in the realm of time. He is God. And that's why the Bible says He is the one who was, who is, and is to come. He lived in eternity past. For want of a better word. Before the creation of the world, He existed as God. So ladies and gentlemen, let me correct a theology. For those of us who think and say that, oh, God needs us to worship him. How did he survive before he created the world? When he said, I am the Lord. I am that I am. He was alive before he even made the world. So it is an honor and a privilege for us. Rather, to worship him for who he is. So before the world began, before time began, he existed in eternity past. So Genesis chapter 1 says, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. In Hebrew, the word is Bereshith, Elohim bara, et hashamayim vet arch. Now Bereshith in Hebrew translated directly into English is in beginning. There's no there. In beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In beginning. So God existed. And in beginning, the beginning, He began. Eternity passed. So He began time by setting into motion the heavens and the earth. Eternity passed. He is still alive in presence. And He will be alive forevermore. He was and is, and is to come. For you and I today, we are living in the present. Forget those things which are behind, and reach forth for the things which are before, an eternity with God. May the Lord help us. May the Lord bless us as we reflect on these words. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen.